Good morning. I'm Laura Ellsworth, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Rick and Joni Holm. This week's Prairie Doc programs are focusing on health care for veterans. We have two guests in the studio with us today, Courtney Steffen and Major Anderson. Courtney is a veteran service officer in Brookings County. Thank you for being with us this morning, Courtney. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up in this role as a veteran service officer. Sure. So again, my name's Courtney Steffen. I actually commissioned from South Dakota State University in 2005 through the Air Force ROTC program. Um, Did about five and a half years active duty. Um, Came home to South Dakota, uh, stayed at home with kids for a few years, and then when the opportunity to become a veteran service officer popped up in Lake County, I took that position. Um, In 2021, I came to Brookings County for the full-time opportunity and have been loving it ever since. Excellent. I know you do a lot of great things connecting people with resources, so thank you, and we're looking forward to learning more about that on today's radio program. So thanks for being here. Also joining us in the studio today is Major Anderson. Major is a veteran and works as a nurse with Brookings Health System. Major will be a guest host for this week's Prairie Doc television program. Major, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up here today. I was, it's kind of like being in the military. I was voluntold, which uh, <laughs> happens. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I'm from, uh, moved around a lot as a kid. Um, so been here in Brookings for about 10 years. And I don't know, what else do you need? Um, That's good. We're happy to have you here. I know we were at a meeting this summer kind of talking about Prairie Doc programming and the idea of a veterans show came up and everyone agreed the perfect host would be you, Major. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Again, that's that's how I got here, (laughs) voluntold. And uh, your your spouse is Dr. Jill Cruz, one of our regular Prairie Docs who serves so much uh, with these programs. So thank you for taking a turn in this role and sharing your knowledge with us. Yes. this week. So we appreciate that. Major, tell us, how did you decide to serve in the military and when did you join? I, my father was in the military, my grandfather was in the military, so I kind of followed along with that. And, you know, you, in college, you don't know exactly where you want to be and you, military is a, a great opportunity for for learning about yourself and, and getting some education and getting some uh experience Mm -hmm. that you can use later on. So I joined uh, in 1991 and was a radio and radar repair on AC-130 gunships down in Florida in active duty and did that for a few years and then decided I wanted a nice temper controlled indoor environment, not out on the hot hot flight line in Florida. Mm -hmm. And so I be- went to the Air National Guard in Iowa and became a medic and then later commissioned as a nurse and so and then retired with 20 years of service. So I'm major is actually my name and my rank. Ah, very good. <laughs> that was that like your goal? Like I'm going to get I up had to this to, name I of had mine. to get to major <laughs> and then uh, um, to if I made it uh, kept going and stayed in I would have been lieutenant colonel and that just doesn't sound as cool as major major yeah right <laughs> excellent so how did your experience help you decide you wanted to be a nurse 
how did you end up being a nurse? I was major? already in the in the medical, like I said, a, a medic mm-hmm. in the Air, in the Air National Guard, and um, saw what the nursing can do, and mm-hmm. decided to follow, continue that path, and continue that um, education to become a, a nurse. Yeah, excellent, Courtney. How about you? How did you decide? to serve in the military. You mentioned you came out of SDSU uh, when you made that decision. Tell us about that. I did. Um, Mine wasn't so, uh, I guess, patriotic. (laughs) I I, I was told I needed to figure out a way to pay for school. Mm -hmm. And so ROTC scholarships, I was fortunate enough to get one that paid for everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I found my purpose in the military once I was in, uh, but the initial reasons for uh, joining were, I guess, less than what most people go for. Sure. But uh, paying for it, school. It is an excellent way to pay for school. Yeah. And, you know, I got to see the world. Uh-huh. It, was, it was fantastic for that as well. Um, you know, I did duty stations in Alaska. I spent a year in Iraq, um, did Honduras and California. Uh, Laura, you and Andrew were actually the two of the people who had dinner with me when I came back from Iraq, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was it was really nice to have friends back home that still supported. Um, but yeah, the the military was a wonderful experience. I loved my time in. Um, I don't miss the military as much as I miss the people, and that's I where... I agree with that totally. Yeah, and that's where, like, this job as a veteran service officer, I still get to interact with a lot of the same people that I served with, which is a fantastic and rewarding experience. Excellent. Well, it's time for us to go to our first break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. If you have any questions regarding health care for veterans, call us now at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Lung cancer is the leading cause of cancer death in the United States. Cigarette smoking is the number one cause of lung cancer, but it can also be caused by other forms of tobacco like pipes and cigars or breathing secondhand smoke or being exposed to asbestos or radon. We also are concerned with people who have a family history of lung cancer. Lung cancer symptoms may include coughing that gets worse and doesn't go away, chest pain, shortness of breath, wheezing, and coughing up blood. Other illnesses that can cause these these symptoms should be investigated as well. If you have any symptoms, talk to your doctor. For help to quit smoking, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW or visit cdc.gov slash quit. Your provider at the Avera Medical Group is a good resource to discuss lung symptoms. Call 697-9500 for an appointment. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and today we have Major Anderson and Courtney Steffen here to discuss health care for veterans. Major Anderson is a veteran and works as a nurse with the Brookings Health System. Courtney Steffen is a veteran service officer in Brookings County. If you have any questions you would like us to address, give us a call at 605-692-1430. 
30. What are some of the unique health challenges veterans face and and why are we taking the time to um, discuss it this week? So toxic exposures are definitely something that come to mind. I mean, Mm -hmm. you've heard about Agent Orange exposure or or burn pit exposure. Or PTSD from the Mm -hmm. trauma or explosions or whatever it is in Iraq and such such areas. So some unique exposures that um, help veterans might need some the rest of the population probably doesn't get exposed to yeah as much right so courtney what are some of the unique systems we have in place to support veterans with some of these challenges so the va is obviously the main system that uh, veterans use and i i think a lot of the reasons that systems like the va are important comes down to you know data collection right the only way we knew that there were so many veterans that were suffering from the consequences of Agent Orange is because they were all seeing the same doctors in the same facilities, mm-hmm. and they were est- able to establish those patterns. Mm-hmm. And so by veterans utilizing the VA, they become part of that data set where they can analyze the patterns and figure out that, hey, these guys that deployed to this location are all starting to struggle with this you know, class of diseases. Um, let's do something about it. Let's put some more research in. Let's see if we can help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So excellent for some population studies with, with these systems. That's good. Um, so if I'm a veteran and I'm needing health care, where do I start? How do I consider my options in making these decisions, Courtney? Sure. Um, so coming to a veteran service officer like myself, I have Matt Piller in my office as well. Um, but every county has a veteran service officer mm-hmm. available to them that will do your initial claims, appeals, everything, healthcare applications free of charge. Help so you through all the paperwork. Help you through all the paperwork. Mm-hmm. Everything I do can be done by a veteran themselves online. Um, however, uh, Government paperwork is never fun. <laughs> and, and also knowing where to look. You you know where to look. I, Coming in as a veteran trying to search online, I would have to... Um, you know the right keywords, I, right? I'd have to, yeah, I'd just be going blind, do Googling, you know, yeah. whatever, and, and, and you know the, where to go. The problem with Google right now is there's a significant scourge going on in the um, VA benefits world mm-hmm. where there's a lot of pay-to-play actors. Veterans should know that every time they do any piece of paperwork with the VA, it can be helped for free by a veteran service officer, um, by the public-facing VA offices. Um, There is no need to pay for anything relating to the VA. But if they come into my office, I'm going to, you know, help them fill out any paperwork, uh, make sure it's submitted properly through the proper channels, and, you know, hold their hand going through the process. Looking specifically at healthcare, I know you. There's a lot of benefits beyond healthcare as well when it comes to veterans' benefits. But when we look at veterans' benefits, do most veterans rely primarily on their veterans' benefits for their healthcare, or do most veterans supplement with other insurance as well? How does that work? I would say that they most veterans probably do not rely on the the VA because mm-hmm. they have to qualify for for some of the medical care. Okay. from the VA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there, to get into the VA system right now, you either have to have served in a particular lo- particular location uh, during certain years. Okay. You know, the presumptive condition, like Vietnam, 
veterans are automatically allowed into the VA mm -hmm. system. Um, we just closed a special enrollment window for those who had served in the Southwest Asia Theater of Operations. Um, so for those veterans now, if, they, if they're working and they make too much money, they can't automatically apply. If, you're, if you go below the means testing, you can get in um, through financial need. Uh, for all those other veterans, usually you have to file for some sort of service-connected disability, which is what Major was referring to, some sort of service-connected disability to get your foot in the door. Okay. So when might a veteran go to the VA system and um, rather than going to maybe a private hospital or a clinic system? I think a lot of it depends on the veteran's comfort level, a navigating the VA system, mm -hmm. and their proximity to it. Um, you know, sometimes it's just easier to come into Brookings to, you know, get the strep test mm -hmm. than booking all the way down to Sioux Falls. Um, we don't have a, a VA clinic here in the area. We'd either have to go to Sioux Falls to the VA hospital or there is a VA clinic in Watertown, but there's nothing right. nothing right here. So Can they use their VA health benefits here? They can. Okay. So mm -hmm. we, with, we live outside of kind of a geographic border mm -hmm. with the VA to be able to use care in the community with local doctors. Okay. Um, Additionally, as far as like the strep throat and everything, our Samford Clinic here in Brookings is the um, urgent care facility that's within the VA network. Um, you know, a lot of veterans just aren't comfortable navigating the VA system. Um, it can be you know, a little cumbersome sometimes. Um, and if you don't know who's in network and who's out of networks, especially if you're working, sometimes it's just easier to use your private medical insurance. Mm -hmm. um, but the VA has gotten much better with working with care in the community providers. Um, and we are very fortunate in South Dakota with, with the Sioux Falls VA, with the Black Hills uh, VA systems. Both of them have pretty phenomenal private sector uh, facilities right in the same town. You know, Black Hills with Monument Health um, and the VA in Sioux Falls uses both Avera and Sanford uh, to push veterans out for, you know, specialty appointments or things of that nature. Yeah, it's good to hear that there's a good working relationship there and options for our veterans to consider for their Absolutely. Help. Yeah. Well, it's time for us to go to our next break, and we'll give you an opportunity to call in if you have any questions you'd like us to address this morning with Courtney and Major. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any questions you would like us to address. 605-692-1430. Prairie Doc programs are available as a podcast. Just look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Frostbite is a type of injury caused by freezing. It leads to a loss of feeling and color in the areas it affects, usually extremities, such as the nose, ears, cheeks, chin, fingers, and toes. 
Frostbite can permanently damage the body and severe cases can lead to amputation. Frostbite should be checked by a healthcare provider. Call 697-9500 to see your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth and today we have Major Anderson and Courtney Steffen here to discuss healthcare for veterans. Major Anderson is a veteran and works as a nurse with the Brookings Health System and Courtney Steffen is a veteran service officer here in Brookings. If you have any questions you would like us to address, give us a call at 605-692-1430. When we want to think about what are some of the challenges veterans face as they adjust to civilian life, and maybe in particular how that affects their mental health and physical health as they are adjusting to civilian life. Sure. Um, the the biggest transition points that we, you know, if you look at VA um, suicide data, we see that initially leaving the service is a big um, risk area and people who have just retired are at large risk too. Um, and I, w- I would say anybody going through any sort of major transition in their life, if they've lost a loved one, if they've, if they've gone through a divorce, if they've lost a job, it's, you know, all of these are kind of trigger points within our um, society as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, but military members, especially transitioning away from the military for that first time, are particularly vulnerable um, they lose that that structure. I mean, I mean, in the military, you're it's not all you're told what to do and where to go all the time. But there's there's definitely a structure and an order, and a you have a you know what's going to happen. You know what's you know, when you're supposed to be where and and stuff like that. And when you get out, there is nobody. It's it's kind of like going from high school, you know, where you're guided, you know, where where, where to go in your classes and whatnot. And you get to college and the instructors or the the teachers you're just a body in a seat they don't care whether you're there mm-hmm. uh, not yeah, they don't sure. care but you know they aren't taking attendance necessarily they aren't keeping track of you they aren't monitoring your your grades and telling you hey you need to you know pick it up mm-hmm. they're just there to to teach so mm-hmm. when you get out there's no no structure like that mm-hmm so it can be a difficult adjustment and coming back into your normal routines with family and friends, but you've probably changed some, right? Because you've had these different experiences. and Absolutely. I mean, out. if you include the additional stressors of, um, you know, PTSD, depression, anxiety, um, it, it makes for kind of a perfect storm. Mm-hmm. And so... And I, I don't think it's every veteran that's going to have that. No. Um, I was never never deployed to Iraq, so I don't have you know that experience to to draw on or reflect back on like like some people. So everybody's going to be a little different in there. A- absolutely. Right. And I, I think that's with society as well, right? There's going to be more vulnerable than others, you know, depending on what they've seen, what they've experienced, what they've done. Um, the military just 
has a tendency to experience more trauma. Mm-hmm. It, it's a traumatic um, career field, so yes. to speak, you know. So what systems or procedures are in place to kind of support veterans as they're making some of these adjustments? Or if later, five years, 10 years down the road, all of a sudden they're having some mental health struggles or just need someone to talk to, what can we do to support those veterans? I know active duty, um, when I got out of active duty many years ago, there was a TAP program, T-A-P, that was Transition Assistance Program. Mm-hmm. And it was a class that, you know, when you were discharging, you had to go to this class, and they, it was overwhelming on the, the amount of information that they mm. give you. But, and I can't remember exactly what all those were, but I was there so was a focused. program to... Yeah. To, was, you know, telling you on stuff. I was so focused on that door during my transition assistance program that it sounded like Charlie Brown's teacher. I mean, it was <laughs> exactly. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> You're just ready to go. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure there was a lot of fantastic information in that. Sure. It was such a fire hose that, I, like you said, it might be five, ten years down the road, and all of a sudden you're wondering, where do I go? How mm-hmm. How do I get help? Mm-hmm. And, and that's where you come in. And that's where I come in, yeah. right? So going to your veteran service officer is always an option. Um, we're we're pretty well in tune with the resources in our local communities as well as the resources within the VA system uh, to help a veteran find what they need to get through whatever crisis they're going through. Um, our vet centers are free for combat vets and uh, veterans who have experienced some sort of like military sexual trauma. You know, we have a fantastic vet center down in Sioux Falls. But again, like in Brookings here, we have several providers that are care in the community providers for mental health. Mm-hmm. So if the veteran wants to be seen in their local community, that is an option if that exists within their community. Mm-hmm. So wherever someone lives, you said every county has a veteran, uh, veteran service. service officer like this. So just look at your county government. Is that where people should start to find their county? That That's helpful. Okay. If you go to the uh, South Dakota Department of Veterans Affairs website, okay, um, there is a guide on there that says locate your VSO. They have a handy map. You can just click on your county and it'll bring you down. Or there's a whole listing of us mm-hmm. below the map. Mm-hmm. Got it. And then they can call you, get an appointment set up, and see what might work for them. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. So I was thinking about this too. What? How do local groups like the VFW or American Legion support veterans and um, what role do they play in keeping us all moving forward? You sure. Know? Well, um, so I'm, I'm the commander for the South Dakota American Legion this year. Okay. Uh, so I can speak strongly to this point in particular, but uh, these organizations are 501c19s, which it, they're tax-free entities, but they, they also have the ability to lobby on behalf of veterans and veteran issues. Mm-hmm. So when we have veterans benefits issues coming up in Pierre, if we have veterans issues going on in D.C., um, these are the people who are advocating for veterans for veterans benefits. And so, you know, they are very grassroots. I mean, if I have a veteran come into my office that is having issues and needs some financial assistance of some sort. You know, both the American Legion and the VFW have um, temporary financial assistance grants. And I can send that veteran to those folks for help. Okay. There's also the the DAV, a Disabled Veterans um, Program, 
and I don't know a lot about it, but I know they, they will give rides to veterans who don't have otherwise transportation mm-hmm. yep. down to Sioux Falls for medical appointments or I believe even rides here in town. As long as it's arranged through the VA, as long as it's an appointment arranged through the VA, I can get a ride for any veteran through the DAV van. Mm. Um, Some DAV vans are run through their veteran service office. Um, Some are run by, like the one down in Madison is run by their local VFW. Mm -hmm. So, you know, kind of have to figure out where the DAV van sits in your particular county. Sure. But it... It is a fantastic system, and the DAV does wonders for veterans' transportation. Mm-hmm. We had a question come in. Uh, Courtney, this listener is wondering what the death benefits are for a veteran, and do they increase if you die in the VA hospital? So they do mm-hmm. increase if you die in a, uh, in a VA hospital. The death benefits are... Um, very dependent on how the veteran died, what they died from, where they died. Uh, it can vary greatly. Okay. And again, a veteran service officer can help with those death benefits. If if you have a spouse of a veteran who died of a service-connected condition, they're eligible for what we call dependency and indemnity compensation, which is a monthly benefit for the widow or widower of that particular service member for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there are, sounds like there's a variety of death benefits and a, and a good reason for family members to connect with the service officer. Um, beyond that, what other, beyond like a death benefit, what other services are open to family members, spouses, children, others that, should that, that they should reach out to you for? I think it would depend on, part of it depends on whether a retired veteran has uh, different benefits than someone who didn't complete or didn't do 20 years. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So a, a retired veteran, you, they're they're going to get their pay, retirement pay for the rest of their life, and then depending on how they set that up when they retired, that will continue paying to the either the children or the uh, the spouse after their passing. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. And then within within the VA, um, the VA has a fantastic caregivers program. Um, and depending on you know this when the veteran served, how they served, etc., um, and what the veteran is struggling with, there could be um, there could be monthly compensation for that caregiver. There's respite care that's involved. Um, there's counseling for caregivers. Uh, so pretty phenomenal caregivers program. Mm, great. Um, and, you know, there's entitlement, too, for uh, spouses for, like, we, we talked about the death benefits earlier, but the, you know, if a veteran gets buried in a national or state cemetery, the spouse, and if they have dependent children, can be buried in those same mm-hmm. places. Mm-hmm. So it, there's quite a bit when it comes to families. Um, I would encourage anybody who has questions, again, go to your veteran service officer. Mm-hmm. feels like it's something you should do sort of regularly. Like you should go to your veteran service officer early on and then maybe go visit them again in five, 10 years to kind of see how your life has changed and what your how your family has changed and what, what needs you guys have, right? The <laughs> VA law is always changing. Yeah. And I, Bob and I have talked about this before that if you've been denied in the past with the VA, um, that doesn't mean you're still going to be denied today. Mm-hmm. So whether 
you know, whether it's the veteran checking on their claim, whether it's a, you know, surviving spouse whose husband died from a heart attack 20 years ago. Well, if that veteran died from a heart attack 20 years ago and they served overseas, maybe there's a chance they're now eligible for Mm -hmm. that dependency and indemnity compensation. Mm -hmm. So it's always worth checking into your benefits. Things We're going to flood your office, Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have so many phone calls. What, what is your phone number, Courtney, if people want to set up an appointment? So my phone number is 605-696-8260. Uh, All right, say it one more time for us. You are wanting to write it down. 605-696-8260. All right. Yeah, it sounds like there's there's a lot to be explored to see how how veterans might be able to use some of these benefits. Absolutely. That's good. Well, we're going to go to our final break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK. And on our podcast, we will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Did you know that someone in the United States has a heart attack every 40 seconds? A heart attack happens when a part of the heart muscle doesn't get enough blood. You might hear a heart attack called an MI, or myocardial infarction. The more time that passes without treatment to restore blood flow, the greater the damage to the heart muscle. If you have pain in your chest, call for help. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group, Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and today we've had the honor of having a couple of veterans here in the radio studio with us today talking about health benefits for our veterans. Uh, So thank you to Major Anderson and Courtney Steffen for being here today. We have just a minute left. Um, Major, Courtney, anything you'd like to say to to our listeners today before we wrap up? Um, Just get out there and um, talk with your veteran service officer and see what you qualify for. Not everybody qualifies for everything, but until you check, you don't know. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I wanted to throw one more resource out because Major tapped on it just a bit. If you are a retiree or the spouse of a retiree or family of a retiree for that matter, um, veteran service officers don't have access to the military systems. So um, all of that sort of things, TRICARE benefits, um, the salary benefits that or retirement benefits that you spoke of, um, that's going to be done through your local DEERS office, D-E-E-R-S. Mm-hmm. So we have one in Brookings. I can't remember the phone number off the top of my head. Sure. But it's it's important to reach out to them as well. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I think the overall thing is, you know, sometimes we feel alone and overwhelmed with whatever life situations we have. But I'm sure as veterans, you experience some some unique situations, too. And so it's good to know there are supports out there. There's resources out there. And before we go, I, I always want to remind people of some of those services through the Helpline Center, including the 988 phone number, which has a special program for veterans. So anyone who might be having suicidal thoughts or know someone who might be struggling with suicidal thoughts, just call. 988. Um, They're there to help all of us, Um, but they also have some special training to help those who are veterans. So it's a great resource as well. 
Before we go, please be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. Join us this week, December 6th, for a new live On Call with the Prairie Doc. Guest host Major Anderson will discuss veterans' health issues with Dr. Ronald Place, the CEO of Avera Health, Dr. Jared Harwood, Sanford Worthington Orthopedics and Sports Medicine Clinic, and Desiree Boyer, an outreach coordinator for Veterans Administration in Sioux Falls. So tune in tomorrow night on SDPB Television. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Dock radio program and will listen again for Prairie Dock on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Dock on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Dock library. Visit www.prairiedock.org. My thanks to Courtney Steffen and Major Anderson for joining us today and for your service. Thank you for each of you for what you've done for us. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.